So now we have AI. And if you are in any kind of a business, you should be thinking about how to incorporate AI into your business. I've actually paid for many things in Bitcoin, and I'm actually surprised that it's taken this long for retailers and e-tailers to realize that they can save 2% on every transaction if they accept Bitcoin. And I, who's going to want to have fiat currency? Because it, I mean, it inflates, it does all sorts of things. A question everyone asks because I was right once. <laughs> Probably our best return on investment, my big, biggest return on investment was Robinhood. One of the great things about Bitcoin is that it's decentralized. The problem with FTX was that it was centralized. Hi, my name is Jason Rasnick, the CEO of Benzinga, and welcome to the Raz Report. As always, before we kick things off, I want to quickly tell you about what Benzinga is. Before I started Benzinga in 2010, there were very few places to get real-time information on financial markets. I thought it was unfair that Wall Street had access to this information before the average Joe investor. So I created Benzinga to level the playing field for you, the retail investor. Benzinga is for the people and by the people. Now, let's dive into the show. All right, welcome to this week's edition of the Raz Report. I'm excited to have on the famous, the successful, been in this industry longer than some of the people here listening have been alive. Tim Draper, sound effect. Where are my claps? I don't know. Okay, that's it. Tim, there we go. Tim Draper, uh, one of the most famous, successful investors in the world. Been in this business for probably over 40 years. From day one, when he was born, he started investing in companies. Um, and he's been investing in some of the hottest companies. There's too many to name. Tim, welcome to the Raz Report. Thank you for coming on. Great. Thanks for having me, Jason. So what do you think about what you have accomplished over the last 40 plus years? And or do you just not think about it and you just take day by day? No, sometimes it's fun to look back. Um, I, I really enjoy, um, you know, I've written one book and I'm kind of working on another one. And uh, the one I wrote was was fun. I, I, was, I found I was traveling internationally so much that those flights, uh, I had extra time. And so it, it was a good opportunity to sort of reflect on all the things I've been doing, working on, and and my my target audience for How to Be the Startup Hero was, um, was really um, students or people who wanted to become entrepreneurs. And the first part of the book is about our pledge at Draper University. I will promote freedom at all costs. Anyway, it goes on. I'm very excited about artificial intelligence and all the cool things it can do for every industry out there, particularly education. Really interesting things happening in AI and education, but there's some other things. We got an investment in Otter, Otter AI. And in Otter, they, um, they transcribe all your video interviews. So uh, I do a Zoom call like this and we can transcribe it. And they've, I've, I've collected pretty much all the interviews that I've had with all the entrepreneurs that we've talked to. And now they're using AI to search all of that. So if I'm talking about um, somebody who does, um, who has a new Bitcoin wallet for Web 3.0, uh, all of a sudden on the side of my screen shows up all this other information that I've already gleaned from all these previous 
encounters with entrepreneurs. And it, I think it's going to help me a lot in my job. I have done that many times. I've actually paid for many things in Bitcoin. And I'm actually surprised that it's taken this long for retailers and e-tailers to realize that they can save 2% on every transaction if they accept Bitcoin. And so once that happens and I can buy my food, my clothing, my shelter all in Bitcoin, I will not require, well, pay my taxes too. Um, I will not require fiat currency. And I, who's going to want to have fiat currency? Because it, I mean, it inflates, it does all sorts of things. The question everyone asks, because I was right once. <laughs> so I, I said in 2014 that in three years, Bitcoin would hit 10,000 and it hit it right on the dot. And in 2014, I think it was 600. People thought it was nuts. And it hit 10,000. And then it dropped to 4,000 and I predicted 250,000 again. And I think I, I had hubris because I think I, I thought I'd, I'd hit it again, just sort of magically. Um, but I didn't realize um, how much regulation by enforcement or fear spreading the SEC was going to do. And I didn't realize that um, that entrepreneurs weren't going to be able to do all the really cool things that they wanted to do now that there was a new currency. I mean, you can't do airdrops easily. You can't do um, DeFi. DeFi was destroyed by CeFi for a while there. Um, I think there's some magic to our school. It's a very unique school. We Somebody told me once, that, or a lot of people told me that entrepreneurship can't be taught. And whenever anybody tells me something can't be done, all I can think, it just stick, sticks in my head. How would I do that? And so well, that so all of a sudden, I, I decided I was going to create a school that created entrepreneurs. And it now we have a primary source of deal flow <laughs> from my school. And the school is, um, and, and not only is it harder to get into than Harvard or Stanford, but it is also Harvard and Stanford say 85% of our people graduate after four years and come out and get a job. What we say is our average student comes to Draper University for five weeks and creates seven jobs. So I think we've changed the model and education is going to be never be the same. So we're really excited about what's happened there. And uh, and I no. think I think it's going to be um, it's going to continue that, to grow and continue to be more and more amazing. That's awesome. Does, does that compete at all or is it just totally different than the, the Teal Fellowship? Well, as I understand it, the Teal Fellowship is uh, Peter Teal goes out and interviews a bunch of geniuses and then just hands them one hundred thousand dollars. So Elon Musk, there was a book written about him by Ashley Vance about six years ago. That changed my life, at least with Tesla. When I saw that he was trying to fly rockets in the middle of the night and NASA went and let him, I'm like, if this guy can fucking fly rockets, then he's going to freaking figure out how to get cars to work. And so I, this is when I didn't really have any money, and I bought like what I had in Tesla, and I kept it all in there. So say it was like $7,000, and then it went to like, you know, nice, nice, nice six digits. Obviously, I wish I had money back then, and then it would have been different. But – Still, 
like that book Ashley Vance wrote, I should send Ashley Vance a check. You, on the other hand, because of what you do, you know Elon Musk firsthand. I mean, I've heard him mention your name. So questions I, I get a couple questions I got is like, um, you know, what are some things you could share about Elon Musk that could help a fellow entrepreneur with drive and tenacity to get things done? I, I think he's um, bold and fearless. I think that's the key. I think he's willing to do the things a lot of people are, are embarrassed or not comfortable doing. I think he has that. Uh, that, that is a special quality. Um, the the uh, allow allow for the for the noise and not let it get in his way. I think he just, you know, he, he puts the world on a mission and he gets some extraordinary people working with him on him. And some amazing things are happening. He's also has clearly a beautiful imagination. He's been like my mini idol for years. I was supposed to interview him like four years ago. I was in Lake Tahoe. I went to the, the battery plant and then he said they were going to be using Menlo. They weren't sure, but I could fly out there. And I'm like, I'll just stay here. And I didn't, we didn't do it. Uh, it's a regret. Maybe one day it'll happen again. But he's been my hero for many years, even before people really knew him like they know him now. And then even when he, get all, when he gets all the hate, you know, when these guys get all the hate, like when um, he was tweeting against the SEC and he got a lot of hate, oh, he's nuts, this. I always supported his, his, his mission. I mean, you know, like there's some things with Tesla that like, there should be a front camera on the model plaid. So when you pull it up a thing, those are things, but he can't do everything, I guess, you know, and I know there's in the pipeline, but it's. But you can pass, pass any advice to him on and he'll, I'm sure it'll be in the next iteration. They, they, true, true. they do respond. So, so my question to you is you found these companies early. I mean, early. Okay. Early, early, like Hotmail. The two question, two fold question is, one question is, and you don't have to answer this one, obviously. You don't have to answer anyone because you're Tim Draper. One question is, what was your biggest return on investment? So if you invested 100, what was the return? You could, I mean, like 40x, like our investor there, you know, got a 40x, some people got 40x. What was your biggest return on investment, if you know that offhand? And then the second question is, are there common elements, Tim, to when you find these deals and entrepreneurs? You mentioned a thing in the beginning of the interview that I thought was interesting. When you don't really think you're going to make a lot of money, then you end up sort of doing when you think you're going to do something and make a lot of money kind of does the opposite. So what are some common elements that you find? Obviously, you if you're if you are listening to this, attend Draper University. I'm 45. I've been through the rigmarole. I want to attend Draper University because I know I'll learn stuff. So those are kind of my two questions. And I know we probably only have like five to eight more minutes because of all this technical stuff. So I'm trying to make it concise. Okay, so um, yeah, I I think um, it, I think it might be controversy. Controversy seems to be the thing that that uh, has generated the best returns for us. Um, probably our best return on investment. My big biggest return on investment was Robinhood, and those were two guys who were just changing the whole nature. A lot, yeah, and um, and. And I think Tesla would have been if I had not distributed early. Um, and that would have been one of the best investments for our uh, for our investors if I had held on. But, you know, we do get that pressure from investors, you know, hey, you're you're not here to but it, manage public but, companies. 
but it's like a hundred X, like a thousand, like five hundred X. Like no, no, I don't that's, know Tesla. That's, Tesla would have been four thousand X. Four thousand X. Yeah, and and, yeah. and, uh, and I think um, Robinhood is a little over a thousand X now. It, wait, four thousand X. You you distributed early, so even distributing early, are you saying it was like about four thousand X? No, we left. I don't know. We left a lot of them on the table. I think but Robin were like uh, 30 or something times on our 30 X. Okay. Oh, so you were really early. Yeah. We just would have when it went public and we, so we missed the whole public run your entire share. Yeah. The whole thing. Why? Well, they, we, you know, you do things as a that. Okay. We have since that moment, that was when I was with Draper Fisher Jurvetson. Um, I have spun out and managed my own money and other people's money. Um, when you have 10 people around a table making decisions, uh, the decisions are not always the, I mean, they, they're the best from the point of view of all 10 people as a group, but like making a decision on an investment on a startup, you know, when it's, when it's two girls and a cat or two guys and a dog, that, that's kind of an emotional decision. That is not a let's have 11 people analyze it decision. And let's have, let's, let's come to a consensus. When you come to the consensus on a raw startup, I think you can make the wrong decision more often than you make the right decision. Um, and then on when to distribute, a lot of that pressure comes from LPs. So fortunately, now I have spun off and it's allowed me to create the show, Meet the Drapers. It's allowed me to buy all that Bitcoin. It's allowed me to start Draper University, build out the Draper Venture Network, um, and unfettered by other partners. <laughs> No, I, I understand. So we have our upcoming uh, Future of Digital Assets event. Um, last week, I had Kathy Wood on my show. The show is called The Raz Report. But um, Kathy Wood. She's the best. She, she's, she's the best. I, I met her here in Detroit, and she didn't even have a Tesla time. I was going to drive her in the airport on my Tesla. This is a Model S. This is a way back. Although maybe maybe Kathy can get Elon to get me my plaid. All right. Let, let that, her drive. She'll never yeah. go without one. Let oh, her yeah, drive. She, yeah. She'll never exactly now she got now she got the model three. She did time oh, yeah. didn't have it. But yes, it, that's exactly right. And this is before all the hoopla when their price targets and oh, I should have just listened to her and made call option trades back then. I had my common stock. But anyway, the she gave a price target of 250, then a million. Your take on the crypto industry, and, and before you give it, just my short take was with all these companies going bankrupt, when I say companies, FTX, Voyager, BlockFi, Celsius, and a couple others, I think it set us back in the crypto space. And why I say that is because people that trusted and they had Bitcoin, all of a sudden it's taken away. It's the same thing of having Robinhood or E-Trade and owning Tesla stock in there and then they going bankrupt. And by the way, not saying they're going bankrupt. That's not even close to what I'm mm -hmm. saying. So don't yeah. take me out of context. Then you're losing your stock in Tesla. It, it, it's, it sounds in, insane. Well, that's what happened with these crypto bankruptcies. So I asked Kathy about that because like the price of Bitcoin still at 26,000, but like the average person's, you know, so what do you suggest from that and what to do going forward? And people who are listening to our future of digital assets conference is something that they really wanted me to ask you. 
One of the great things about Bitcoin is that it's decentralized. And the problem with FTX was that it was centralized. From with Celsius, it was centralized. From with all those others, they were all centralized. The problem with fiat currency is that it, they operate under a centralized central bank. And what happens when something centralized is if that person in control makes a mistake, whether on purpose or not on purpose, uh, that, that can absolutely destroy an economy. I mean, all you have to do is ask the people in Argentina or Nigeria. They, they've had central banks for years and they, those central banks have not worked out for them. We've been fortunate in the U.S. to have a central bank that's really on it, um, but it's still centralized. What's great about Bitcoin, one of the, the biggest features is that it's decentralized. No one person, no one entity, no one node can take down the rest of the nodes. And so it always baffled me that all these people were all excited about these other currencies that were not decentralized. And, uh, and I thought, well, you know, that's just like a guy creating his own currency. You know, <laughs> you want to buy a Draper coin? <laughs> Got it. So, no, right. So, so, so then is your point this, because, and, and I'm getting to this point where, you know, the government can just keep lowering rates and, you know, inflating our dollar or doing whatever. Bitcoin, there's 20,000 coins or whatever the number amount is, okay? 21 and, million. Yeah, twenty one million. I said twenty thousand. Yeah. You, yeah, I, do, I, mean, I was reading the article that you bought the confiscated ones from the mill. Yeah, so that's okay. Yeah. So twenty one million, and it's a limited capacity of them. Do you think Bitcoin, if we're talking here two years from now, is up or down? Oh, two years from now, Ooh, yes. way up, way up. So then, do you, way up. you, if you had to say any investment someone should make today, do you think I'm I'm referring to equities, Bitcoin? cash in apartment buildings. Do you think Bitcoin's the number one investment? I'm not going to ever give anybody investment advice because For my, you. because my, uh, I gave my father-in-law investment advice at some point and he bought a stock. I recommended it went from 12 to two in about two months. And I, I thought I'm never giving anybody investment advice. No, you're, 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 you're wait, Tim, you're a hundred percent right. I've, I gave some picks about, you know, you know, this Ozempic era thing. Yeah. So I gave, I gave fellow people, I gave Jared Goff, the Lions quarterback, actually, this company, Inomed, INMD. So when people lose weight from you know, Ozempic, I look at the derivative trades. So Ozempic and, uh, well, uh, what's the other one? Wegovi. I'm like, people are going to have to get surgery to get rid of the extra skin. INMD is an Israeli company that they get paid for every single laser. And so the stock was like at 26 and went to 48 and now it's at 38. But I, that was the one stock I was giving in it. It was a huge home run. But on the other side is when you give a bad pick, people remember that. I don't care how many times in a row, Tim, you say the positive one. So you're right. Cause you listen, but, but I guess what you're saying, what you're saying is two years from now, four years from now, Bitcoin is only going to go up. You're not saying this to talk a book. You're saying this because you truly believe it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's um, all of the engineering, all the, the computer science that's going on, all these applications that are being built. Um, I look at all of the all of 
there was a real benefit to some of these centralized um, tokens because people built some really interesting applications on top of them. And now all those applications are being ported over to Bitcoin. Once they're ported over, there's going to be it's going to be the place to go. And I think a retailer, the first thing they're going to accept will be Bitcoin. And okay. the first thing the you know, the the first time there will be renewed confidence in DeFi, it will be in Bitcoin. And the okay. NFTs are now called ordinals on Bitcoin. Uh, I think just it's where all the confidence is going. And uh, and so that's why I'm a, a big believer. It's okay. decentralized and it's the and it's the standard. Zachary Martin wrote on Quora. I attended Tim Uni Tim's university that he created, Draper University. I can tell you firsthand he's he's a really great guy and very smart. Some people say he may got lucky, but a lot, a lot of out of investments made all sorts of people in the, all the money in the world. It's important to take into consideration his success with Baidu, Hotmail, Tesla, Space, SpaceX, Skype. Tim was very knowledgeable in regards to the sectors he invests in, invests and the companies he invests in. I've heavily invested in Bitcoin, for example, and knows a lot about the market. It's forward thinking. He's once told us not to worry about what people will want or need today, but what they'll want or need 15 years from now. He said, that's how you create a billion dollar company. You think big and down the line. I think overall, he's a very respected VC, yada, yada. Not to mention the whole reason I'm writing this is because I went to his school. So this person what wouldn't have been around doing this stuff. And what your school created is this person who's an entrepreneur now. And without your school, it doesn't exist. And you understand as much as anyone, the school system is not what it should be these days. My kids go to private school and they were in public school, but it's not what it, my son, who's 11 years old, about four months ago, started interviewing celebrities just at golf tournaments, asking them like six questions, like who's the most famous contact in your phone? What would you do with your tax dollars? And he did it at like this golf tournament, like Ricky Fowler, then Mark Wahlberg. In, in the last four months, his views, he has a total of probably 60 million views between the three accounts he posts. He's 11 years old. Okay. Wow. And, and, and by the way, that I'm not exaggerating. Amazing. We, we have not. 70 million people watch Meet the Drapers, but my my Twitter following is only 250,000. Yeah, his Twitter, his Twitter following, he didn't post him on Twitter yet. But the views and the com the comments are freaking hilarious. People rip on him, like him, but or mostly don't rip on him. But like when someone did, everyone's like, you know, you're ripping on an 11 year old. It was pretty funny. Like, as they're like, some, they, they didn't like one of his, they didn't like one of his questions. Um, oh, he didn't like. Hey, he was good reading for you. Questions. That is really good. Good parenting. He, he was reading the questions from his iPhone. They're like, why is he reading them? And there's a reason why. Long story short, my point, and it's not really a brag on that, is that. School's not set up for him to take that passion into something else. You know, right. it's not set up because his passion is making really concise, fun interviews. He wants to know what time the person gets up in the morning, what kind of work ethic. You know, the most famous contact is fun because then they FaceTime him. Okay, but, but he, what, I want to interview with him. Next you, time you, you call will me. Will you do it? You yeah, do it next time you call me, I want to interview with him. Okay, so so we'll we'll get that. I want those questions. Those are yeah, awesome the, questions. The, well, Mark Wahlberg, he had fifty media people in the audience at this thing. Josh somehow jumped in, and Josh had like three questions in a row. Mark goes, "No, I want Josh to ask me more questions. These are the questions I like." And it was hilarious. <laughs> and, then, and, and then Josh just goes, "Thank you. That's all I have for now." Josh, you know, some, sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't take the uptake, but a lot of times he does, and he makes it really funny when he like like one guy. On their phone, knew Michael Jordan's number on his phone, and Josh flipped out. He's like, 
He's like, really? And this guy is Ricky Fowler. He's very famous, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. but they, okay. So that was the last, the last thing before Draper nation. So Draper nation on September 15th, you tweeted about it. I would love to hear you talk about it for a minute. Maybe you'll talk about it if you get to New York for our event in November, but Draper nation, it's a new Bitcoin native digital nation. Can you just briefly talk about it? And if the November event works, then we'll talk about it a lot more. Yeah, Draper I've, Nation. Yeah, I've talked about for years. I've talked about how governance needs um, needs rethinking. Uh, a lot of government is land based, and that sometimes there's a need for that. But a lot of governance can be done virtually. Um, every every part of governance that's like an insurance program can be done virtually. It's you know you're healthcare insurance, your workman's comp, your, um, you know, you can get your, get your voter registration virtually. You can vote virtually. You can, all those things. So all sorts of governance can be done virtually. And, and um, I've experimented um, with a lot of them that have, have tried different forms of government in different places. There's one down in Honduras called Prospera. There's one in, uh, I know many countries uh, are trying to kind of create new forms of virtual government. Estonia tried a virtual government um, and they're still doing it, but they haven't really provided the services that I think could be done virtually. And so I'm kind of leading by example here and we're going to we're just starting by saying, hey, get on our wait list. And then when it gets big enough, we're going to start providing services that people are going to want. And and slowly but surely, I think we can um, we can either either this becomes a really big deal or at least we improve the services by by um, showing governments what kind of service they can provide. Um, We can, we can uh, guide them to better services. I mean, there are a lot of really interesting things. Um, Healthcare is, you know, 20% of our government spending and it could be, and it's 20% of the GDP and it could be um, really reduced because now you can actually get, um, Cures. In fact, the first cure is coming out in the next year or two from the FDA. And that changes the whole nature of what healthcare is. You, you have a cure rather than a, a treatment. And, and the drug companies do a lot worse. But the, <clears throat> unless they're paying a fortune for the cure, but the health of people becomes much better. So we're going to have an eye to that kind of thing. You can get diagnosis on a disease almost for free. And that, I mean, that could be a government service that would be very inexpensive. And then we could do like pensions for people. We could, we could help them manage their pensions. We could, I mean, this sounds so, many this things sounds... that we can do in a much better way than government is doing like social security or but then there's still the things that government needs to do um, that that's land based. So like how zoning works or how, you know, you you defend your country. But a lot of that country defense seems to be 
started by politicians. I mean, nobody in Russia other than Putin wants to go to war with Ukraine. Nobody in China wants to be locked down by President Xi. Um, you know, there are some bad politicians out there, weak, weak people, weak politicians out there doing, trying to control their people. Uh, this, this, this sounds so amazing, but like execution of it, like, do you just need such a big team to carry out this, this vision for you? Yeah, I think the team will evolve. I think it'll all evolve. I, okay. I have found small teams are the most effective. The bigger, the okay. bigger we get, um, it it tends to not um, be as effective okay. in in trying these really outrageous, extraordinary things. We really need small teams to go after them. Okay. Uh, and the, uh, bigger teams yeah. uh, they they moderate everything too much. No, I hear you. Doing that with that, doing that with that Benzinga, right? And one thing I didn't have them show. Tim always wears a. Uh, uh, special tie, maybe eccentric tie. Check it out. I'm guessing this Ethereum or Bitcoin. Let's see it. Okay, so this is a very special tie. This is I designed this one myself. It's it's a it has bitcoins wow. and then it has the Draper Associates logo and then down here it says hashtag dgov, so decentralized government. Ah, and like that means one. you know. So where can our folks Push buy this government down, let the decisions be made at the local level, push you know, you. decentralized government at the top, have lots of, you know, competitors for governance, you know, lots Thank of you. that kind. Where can we where can we buy this tire? Is it one of a kind? Um, I designed it and I think I printed up 50 of them. And if you wear it, I'd be happy to get you one. Oh, I, I'll wear that. I'm all, I'm all about that. I'll, I'll get I'll get you connected. And you guys, you can follow Tim on t Tim Draper at Twitter. You can follow this um, the um, you know Draper Nation uh, DraperNation.com. Sign up to be alerted to it. The shows he has everything. Maybe we'll convince him. I know Lisa's trying to to come to New York in November. I think Kathy Wood may be there for our future of digital. Benzinga is a media company that's behind most of the largest brokerages. We do equities. Uh, Bitcoin's one of them. We're not CoinDesk. We're not just focused on crypto. We're trying to marry Wall Street with Main Street. To be honest, we're trying to marry the average investor. The reason I started this company was because I thought it was unfair that the people on Wall Street had a unique advantage where they saw information ahead of Main Street. So when I started this in my basement, it was to break out small cap news. And then one thing led to another. Ameritrade Fidelity loved what we were doing. They became a customer. And then I saw crypto and I saw people taking advantage of people making fake crypto companies. So I'm like, we got to dig in and say who's real. We do the same thing with the cannabis space. We have a cannabis event next week with 2,000 people because there's so much fake in there. And we try to get get rid of the noise and clear up and, you know, and become that place that's, you know, empowering the average Joe. And that's where this whole idea of crypto meets Web 3.0 meets Wall Street meets the average person. And that's what we're doing with our event in November. But, Tim, we thank you for sticking with us through the technical difficulties. This has one, been one of the most fun interviews. I wish I could see that basketball slam again when you're in eighth grade. It just to, to build a slam. I, on I a, could, too. I mean, to, to build a slam on a, on a 10 foot net, it's just it, it's powerful. And then whenever you want to go to a sporting event. I don't care if it's Suns, Lakers, Cavs. I'm your guy. Absolutely. Okay? Oh, fantastic. Right. I might take Thank you, you up on that.
That's oh yeah, and if you go, and if you decide, and if you decide to go to come to New York for our event, and there's a Knicks thing, I'm friends with the head of the Knicks, and I'm sure you are too. But I make I, I do what I say and say what I do. If I can't hook it up, that's embarrassing. So, all right. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks, Appreciate Dave. you. Love you, man. Thank Good. you so much. Thanks Love for you all too. you've done. That thanks for all. Really thanks nice. for all the innovation. Yeah. Thank you for all everything. And sorry for this was so long, but uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you again. All right.